Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of Get Wrecked, the only podcast anywhere in the world where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I'm of course your host and resident silly boy Thor, joined today as always by my friend and co-host. It's going to take a lot to take him away from you. There's nothing that a hundred men or more could ever do. It's Micah. Oh, man. That song. <laughs> it's so good. I love Toto so much. I know you do. <laughs> I was like, I was because I was sitting here before we started recording like, shit, I didn't get a song ready. And then I was like, how have I never done Toto before? <sighs> right. Bobby Kimball, man. He's He's got a voice. It's a shame he was so into cocaine. They replaced him. But the guy could sing. Not well, later in life because of cocaine. <laughs> but, but that album, man, he could sing. He could sing. Well, I mean, I think that speaks to how awesome cocaine is. If that, if you get to make songs like that, yeah. But then, then he, then he couldn't be in the band anymore. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> things can be more than one thing. I guess. But I cocaine guess. is pretty awesome. Yeah, totally. it's also not awesome. Yeah, but it is pretty awesome. Yeah, I yeah I. Uh, <laughs> I can't comment on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm too afraid. Yeah, me neither. It just seems pretty fun. It just seems pretty cool. I'm, <laughs> I'm legitimately too afraid to try anything that heavy because I feel like I would just die. I feel like the likelihood. It's hard to die from cocaine. Well, I mean, you say it's hard, but you didn't say it's impossible. So I feel like there's Sir, that. You would have to do like so much. Maybe. But I don't know that. <laughs> Maybe you would just love it that much. You're like, I gotta keep snorting this. It couldn't stop. I don't know. Uh, yeah, there's just a small part of me that goes, "Don't do it, Micah. You will die. Even <laughs> even if it's a small part, just, you you wouldn't die." I don't know, man. My brain says otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> My brain says otherwise. But and Toto was such a like they were such professionals that if you were not up to their caliber of music then they just couldn't have you in the band. Yeah, no, that they, makes sense. I appreciate that, honestly. Yeah. Um, so they had, you know, uh, they got um, for a long, in fact, if you listen to Toto live now, like in the touring, um, his name is, oh my gosh, it's throwing, it's, I've got to look it up now. I'm pretty sure it's Joseph Williams. Yeah, it's Joseph Williams is the I, lead singer. Okay. Um, you're like, who is that? Right. Yeah. But that's, um, sounds like, uh, sounds like a general in the revolutionary war or something. Joseph, general Williams. Yeah. General Joseph Williams. It does. Yeah. Sounds like you'd see him, uh, in like colonial times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are a hundred percent with somebody in colonial <laughs> times named Joseph <laughs> Williams, probably hundreds. <laughs> um, but he is John C. Williams son. Uh, is that the Star Wars soundtrack guy? Yep. Okay. Yep. So he was the lead singer of uh, Toto like later on for, for a number of albums and still is like one of the main guys that goes and tours with them. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So he was one of their friends. Like, because uh, in our last episode, Kings of Leon, we were talking about bands that were family. The band Toto is very similar to that. They've got a bunch of brothers with the last name Pecoro. And Joseph Williams was one of their friends. And so they would be hanging out in the house that Star Wars was being composed. That's pretty neat. Right? How weird. Like, while it was happening. Like, while he's he's coming up with 
the most iconic music score ever. Wow, that's cool. Right? That's super cool. So he goes into Toto. He, you know, does incredibly well there. And then he's in a little movie called The Lion King. And who, who was he in The Lion King? He played Simba's singing voice. Adult oh, wow. Simba's singing voice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I we keep Spotify on sometimes. Uh like if if Freya is just playing and um she likes Disney music, so we'll put we've got a Disney playlist. That song Akuna Matata is on there. Mm-hmm. And when Spotify's playing on your TV, it, it pops up like the album and says musicians that are on it. And it said Joseph Williams, and I'm like, from Toto? Joseph Williams? <laughs> and then I looked it up and yep, it's him. It's yeah. It was wild. I grew up listening to Joseph Williams and I didn't even know. The guy who sang Akuna Matata. Yeah. Lead singer of Toto. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. But uh we're not getting into the music today. We're getting <laughs> we're getting into some drama. We're getting into some comedy. Ish. We're getting into Barry. <laughs> Hey folks, make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep, I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Yeah, so Thor, this one was one that I had in my pocket for a bit, because I, full disclosure, I kind of thought that you would enjoy this one. Don't know yet, but I kind of thought this might be right up your alley. Okay. So, and I knew that it wasn't. These seasons are not very long, and so I'm like, ah, I'm gonna toss it to him and see what see. What I think. love a show with a short season, short episodes. I really like that. I like when something can just like zip through a narrative. Yeah. And not feel, not feel rushed either. Right. So. Yeah. Um, I think there's a fine balance, right, where it doesn't feel rushed, but also doesn't feel dragged on. Like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that some seasons. Not of Barry, but just of other shows. Like, they don't need to be 13 one-hour-long episodes. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, there's just too much stuff that goes in it. So, with that, um, Barry is on Max, and it stars Bill Hader. That's his name, right? Bill Hader? Yes. Yeah, Bill Hader. It's also got Stephen Root, who you might... Stephen Root. You might know him from Office Space. He's He's the stapler guy. a goddamn American treasure... Kendra actually just watched that for the... I made her watch it a couple weeks ago for the first time. She'd never seen it. Office Space? Yeah. Oh, wow. It still holds up. It's so good. <laughs> and when I told her, I was like, do you realize who that is? And she's like, no. And I'm like... I, I had to start listing the things for her. I'm like, Man in the High Tower. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's in Bill, a lot of stuff. He does the voice of Bill Dotrieve in King of the Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, he's he's an American treasure. Yeah, he's pretty great. Truly one of the greatest character actors alive today. Yeah. Um so he's in it a woman by the name of Sarah Goldberg and she plays Sally in this and then my personal favorite character, No Ho Hank. No Ho Hank. 
I love Noho Hank. Dude, at first I was like, this character is so absurd. It's so stupid. <laughs> but he's so funny. I can't even hate on him. It's so good. At first I wanted to hate that character because I'm sure. like, it's too over the top. It's too absurd. But he plays it so good. It's <laughs> so so the show is about um Bill Hader plays a guy named Barry who is a professional hitman. His agent is um is yeah, is this guy named Fuchs, played by Root. And he goes to California to do a job for the Russian mob. They're Russian, right? Or were uh, they Chechen? Uh Chechnyan. Yeah, yeah. Chechnyan. Um, so he does a job for the Chechenian mob to take out this guy and in the process kind of discovers a love for acting and just kind of decides, I don't want to be a hitman anymore. I want to get into acting because he met a girl and he's kind of like starting to try and find himself and find different passions and acting seems like it's it. And so the whole first season is him kind of having that struggle and that fight between being a hitman and also wanting to get into acting. And there are some deeply dark, funny moments in this whole thing. I freaking love Bill Hader because of this show. He's fucking great. I loved him before this show because he's also another one of those guys who, before I had seen this, I would have said, Bill Hader, what an incredible character actor. Okay. An incredible comedic character actor. Yeah. I love that he got his own show. And he, I don't know if you saw, but he writes and directs on it and yeah. produces on it. It's also produced, uh, written and produced, like the showrunner on it is a guy named Eric Berg. Okay. Um, and so he's responsible for such shows as uh, he's a, a executive producer on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, okay. And, oh gosh, what's the other thing that I really love? Uh, I was, my apologies, it's Alec Berg. Oh, okay. But yeah, so he's uh, been a producer on Curb Your Enthusiasm. He uh, wrote on Seinfeld. He wrote the uh, he wrote on The Cat in the Hat. The oh, Mike the Myers Cat in the Hat movie. That movie, I think, was underrated. Yeah. Like watching that as an adult, it's pretty hysterical. But here's the big one. He was a producer and showrunner on Silicon Valley. Have you ever seen that? I don't think that I have. Ooh, that'll be on here at some point. That's another HBO show. And that one is just a straight up comedy show. Okay. It essentially uh, follows this guy who he's like a tech developer and he develops an app or like a search engine, I think. Okay. And then, like, a big Jeff Bezos, Amazon-type guy, like, buys it from him. Or he refuses, or offers to buy it, he refuses to sell it. And then he has to make his, you know, he's attempting to do an internet startup. Mm, okay. That show is so good. Okay. It, it was uh, Kamal Nanjiani's first big film, or big show. He plays, he's the Indian guy in The Eternals. Oh, Okay. I liked him in The Eternals. Yeah, he's very funny. Uh, T.J. Miller, who uh, he's in Deadpool, the bartender guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's also in Transformers. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of got a gruff kind of voice a little bit. Yeah, I think I think he's also in Big Hero Six. Probably. Pretty yeah. sure. 
Um, but yeah, Silicon Valley is hmm. an incredible show. Incredible show. All right, yeah. we'll have to get into that I one. think it's HBO. I'm not sure, but yeah, that'll definitely pop up on the list if you don't end up watching it. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, between Bill Hader and Alec Berg, it's awesome. And I, my original point was I'm happy to see Bill Hader get a show of his own and get to show his range and that he's not just a... Because he started on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. That's... And he is just a character actor. And when I mean say character actor, I mean he plays characters. He plays funny characters mm-hmm. almost exclusively. So it's nice to see him with like a chance to really show off his depth and range as a performer. Yeah, the character Barry that he plays is, um, I, I think, fundamentally broken. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What are your general thoughts about the show? Thor, uh, lead us in. Give me your initial impressions. Like, I mean, I was hooked pretty much immediately. Okay. I mean, the opening scene is perfect. It's like him just walking away from a guy dead on the on the bed. <laughs> yeah. And it and so that was cool because I'm like, oh, this is gonna be dark. And then within a couple minutes, I'm laughing pretty hard, and I'm like, okay, I see what's going on. Yeah. My my initial impression of this is like. Oh, it's if Dexter was done as a comedy. Yeah, I could see that. I see a lot. Like, I feel like they took a lot of inspiration from Dexter. Oh, yeah? It, I think it's a similar kind of character. I mean, whereas Bill Hader's character is more suffering from trauma mm-hmm. from his time in the military. Sure. And he started killing people and is like, I don't really have any other skills. So for him, it's less of like, I have a need to kill and more so like, I don't really know how to do anything except kill. Yeah. But it's still that same, that same thread of like, I don't want to keep killing. Sure. And I have to, he has to constantly hide it from the people around him. And he even kind of looks like Dexter. He kind of, when he's out doing his jobs, he kind of dresses like him. Yeah, he does kind of. And he's, his hair and face just kind of looks like Dexter. Mm Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of Dexter vibes from this. Not a bad thing. One of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, Dexter's solid. So Yeah. That that's that was my initial impression. Was okay. Like, and the cast, fucking incredible. Everybody does a great job in this. Like everybody does, does a great job. And I think too, this is really, really well written. And dude, we haven't even talked about Henry Winkler yet. Dude. As soon as I saw Henry Winkler, I'm like, yes, please <laughs> let him stick around. And then sure enough, he was. He was yep. a main character pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. He he plays a really important side character. Yeah. He plays Gene. Gene Cousineau. That's uh, such a dumb last name. <laughs> Just but... a, essentially a washed up actor who has become an acting teacher. Yeah. And you know what I like they do with his character? Because I feel like it's this trope of, yeah, you get a a washed up hacky actor and he opens a, an acting class and he's really just trying to jip people out of this, their out of their money, Mm -hmm. which is, that is what he's doing. Yeah. That is what he's doing. But he's actually, but he actually is good at what he does. Yeah. He actually is able to really like figure out these ways to get, to get people to really emote. And invest themselves in whatever performance they're doing. Yeah, and he's not afraid to say, that sucked. Like, because the whole thing is theater acting, so they're all on a stage, and they're taking scenes and doing lines. 
and then they're critiquing and reviewing the scene that they just did. And he, Kusuno just looks at him and he goes, do you really want to be an actor? Because you just fed me hot garbage. That's awful. And I remember that the, the um, main love interest, her name is Sally. And at the very beginning, I think it's the first time that you see her. He is just ragging on her performance and just saying, this is not good. You're just not good. You should probably just quit. Yeah. And breaks her down till she starts crying. And then he's like, okay, go. Yeah. He, she's right like, yeah, use it and scene. <laughs> and then she has that like, oh, I see what he did. And then uses that uh, to to go on. So he goes to, um, they go to, it's California that they go to. And the reason that they're there is to do a hit. And they're doing it for the Chechnyan mob. And Barry's manager, Agent uh, Fuchs, is a real scumbag. Yeah, basically it's his godfather yeah. who, when he got out of the military, was like, your dad told me to take care of you. And the way he did that is by hooking him up with jobs as a hitman. Yeah, Totally. So yeah, he's basically his hitman agent. Yeah, totally manipulating Barry, taking advantage of his psychological trauma. Um, he's just like, this is what you're good at, right? You're a killer. This is what you do. And gets this job for the Chechenian mob, and it turns out that this guy has been banging some mob boss's wife. Yeah, yeah, Goron. Yeah. yeah that's what he originally, Hank and Goron sit down with him, and, and he's like... This is the guy. And then he shows the video of the guy banging his wife. And he's like, turn it off. I don't want to see it. Like, Why would you show him that? Yeah. Yeah. And that guy's an actor, which is how he finds himself in this acting class. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He kind of stumbles into it, too. Um, And then one thing leads to another. And it just kind of spirals from there. I love that first scene when he's meeting Goron and Hank. Fuchs is kind of prepping him for the meeting like look go in there remember you stabbed that guy in the dick tell him about that they'll like that right, it's badass I, yeah he stabbed, then, stabbed him in the balls and so he goes in and he tells him he's like because uh, they're like this is who you're gonna kill he's like all right is there a way you want it done i stabbed a guy in the in the nuts one time and they're like whoa <laughs> what? what why would you do that just shoot him why would you do that yeah <laughs> yeah and noho hank is in the Chechnyan mob, but he is, uh, he is an interesting character. He is so polite. He's so nice. Uh, I think he's pretty overtly gay. Yeah. He's so dumb, but, but so sweet. But he's so sweet. Yeah. He's so sweet. And I think just that juxtaposition between him, uh, like who he is as a person and his role within the Chechnyan mob, I think is a great mix. Cause he talks about, awful things so nonchalantly and just like there's a scene where um they're talking about having to cut up a body part and they're like you better cut that body up in like small parts and he goes yeah it's it's horrible for the back if you don't (laughs) (laughs) just stuff like that yeah and he's always like when he talks about people he's like yeah so me and the the bolivians it turns out they're actually super nice guys (laughs) like He's always saying things like he's a mobster and he's always saying things like it's super nice and yeah and really awesome excellent yeah they're like, such great guys <laughs> so funny um I also love the end of that first episode because he kind of 
befriends the actor that he's supposed to be killing a little bit. Mm -hmm. And the Chechenians see him do it. So they decide we got to take this into our own hands. But Barry is going to do it. So as he's walking up to the truck to kill the guy, he sees there's already a bullet in him. And he realizes, oh shit. And he looks and somebody has a sniper rifle they're trying to load to kill him. Yeah. It's like jammed. Yeah. It's a car with Chechnyans. And they just killed that guy. Now they're going to try to kill Barry. Yeah. Sniper's hanging out of the top of the, like the sunroof of the car. Exactly. And he starts walking towards the car and he's like, hey man, don't point that gun at me. Don't pull that gun on me, man. And the guy keeps messing. He's like, don't pull that gun, dude. And he's just walking to him fully calm, just like, don't pull that gun on me. And then as soon as the guy starts to reach for the gun, he he just lights him up with a pistol and just pop, 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 pop. Yeah. Kills the, kills the sniper and also kills the driver in the car. Yep. Just real quick. Yeah, very professionally and at first, done. And at first you think he kills Hank as well. Hank's in the car. Yeah. He, he doesn't, but that scene was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because it shows you, like, oh, no, Barry's actually really good at this job. Yes. Like, yeah. really good at this job. And I think as the season and, goes and on. And also it shows he is cool under pressure. Oh, for sure. That's a big, because there's a big juxtaposition later in the season as he starts getting less okay with this. Yeah. But at that, you know, I mean, he's still full Barry at this point. Where, yeah. I mean, he knows what there's a guy who's about to try to kill him with a sniper rifle. He's like, dude, don't, don't do it, man. Don't pull the gun. Cause he, and without thinking about it, just lights them up. Yeah. It wasn't a, a plea. It was a, if you do this, you're going to die. Yeah. But he was saying it real calmly. Also, by the way, I know that we're like 20 minutes in spoilers, folks. We're going to talk about the first season. Just yeah. to just to let you know, all right, we're getting into it. You should go watch it. It's very good. Yeah, it's solid. Find it on Max. Um, you know the place where you watch HBO. Yeah, Max, the HBO place, <laughs> among other things. How did you feel about Sally, his love interest? She's the most talented actor in the in, in that the, class. in that little class. Yeah, how did you feel about her? I hate her. <laughs> I don't know if you're supposed to. But I kind of hate her. I think you're kind of supposed to, at least, I don't know. I, I'm mixed with her because there's parts where I watch that and I'm like, mm, I kind of hate you. I kind of hate you. But as it goes on, I feel for situations that she's put in. Okay. And and it kind of gives me some empathy towards her. Yeah, I don't know. I think she is supposed to be a little bit unlikable. One of the cool things that I like that this show does is... It really pulls the curtain back a little bit on kind of how narcissistic the people who seek to be an actor are, like who move to Hollywood. And it it really feels like it pokes fun at that. Yeah. And I'm assuming this because it's made from people in Hollywood who work in that industry. You know, so I'm assuming a lot of this is from experience. Of dealing with people like this. Probably. Um, but yeah, Sally, I she's a frustrating character. Because constantly, <laughs> yeah. like anytime something bad happens or somebody it's it's always about like, oh, you got a better performance. Oh, yeah, you really tapped into your emotions. That's really good. You can use that. And it it's always about 
everything in her life is about the performance of acting. Yeah. And I think specifically it's about her performance of acting. Like exactly her. She's very much in the mindset of she's got a plan and she's going with it. And that's where, that's where her mind is right now. Um, and to her credit, as far as the story goes, I think that she is probably the most talented person in the room. Certainly. Um, and it does seem like, cause as the show goes on, she kind of has roles, um, that she could go for, like she hasn't gotten them yet. And then for one reason or another, she doesn't get the role. And so she's this very talented character who hasn't hit her break yet or hasn't gotten that big break. Yeah. So you see that frustration with her. Um, but she's also kind of full of herself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and Barry is smitten with her because, uh, I honestly don't know why. I don't know why Barry's smitten with her, but he is. I'm guessing because his whole arc is that he's always been a loner and that he can't really connect with people. Yeah. So he finally finds someone he feels like he can connect with. Yeah. And it makes sense. It's somebody who's a total narcissist <laughs> that isn't really looking at his flaws. So, you know, Barry's kind of a mirror. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I think, I don't know if, once again, I don't know if that's intentionally written that way, but that is kind of what I took from it is like the reason that she ends up liking him is because he's kind of a mirror and she's a fucking narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> so and i mean she is obviously very beautiful um but it kind of feels like they're both tricking themselves into why they like the other person yeah i could see that i think that she gives barry a little bit of attention and i think that barry doesn't have barry doesn't have anything except for fuchs yeah who is only looking at barry as a way to make money yeah and also is an old man yeah and she's a young, hot woman. <laughs> there is so that. It's a definitely an upgrade. Definitely an upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the crux of the plot of the first season really revolves around um, not just Barry and this acting gig that he's starting to get himself into, but with the Chechenian mob, they start making strides towards, I forget what the... Uh, the Bolivians. That's right. The Bolivians. Um, because they're really short. Not that's not why, but they do, they keep mentioning. Yeah, they the keep Bol- mentioning how short Bolivians are. <laughs> Which I don't know if that's true. I don't know either. It's very funny though. Yeah, I just think it's because the, the uh the Chechenian mob boss Goran is like statistically statistically they're like the smallest nation in the world, <laughs> height wise. Bolivia is South America, right? I have no idea. I no. think so. I think. You're All right, right, we're just but, gonna say it is. Okay. Um. And it comes from that that initial interaction with Barry on the street shooting the Chechenian mob members and that getting on camera and then the police investigating that murder and it kind of goes from there. And so that introduces this detective character. Uh, her first name's Janice. I didn't catch her last uh, name. Moss. Detective Moss. Detective Moss. And she is played by um, Paula Newsom. Dude, she's incredible. She's awesome. She's great. I, I can't think... I've seen her in something else. I can't think what it is. Even when I was watching, I had one of those moments where I'm like, I know her from something. I just didn't IMDB it to check, but she's she's great. She played a very believable person. I felt like... 
she is the type of person that walks into the room and you're like, oh, okay, she knows what's up. Like, yeah. Like, she can take command of a, of a situation very easily. She also seems sincere, genuinely a good uh, detective, genuinely a good person, yes. almost to a fault. Yeah, absolutely. And she ends up falling in. I love that Jean, the acting teacher. Henry Winkler, yeah. Is just dogging her nonstop. <laughs> like, he's like, come on. I think I have some information. Do you want it? that dinner scene? Hysterical. He, he invites her to dinner. And it's like, I have some information on the case. Or he like invites her to coffee. Yeah. And she's like, okay, fine. And then she gets there and it's like a five-star restaurant with fancy <laughs> napkins. Yeah. <laughs> and he like flourishes the napkin and gives it to her. She tries to like push everything away. Cause to her, she's investigating a dude, murder case. Dude, it's such, a, such a beautiful romance they have. Yeah. Where at first... She hates his guts. Has no interest in him at all. But he just refuses to quit. He just keeps trying to charm her. And it ends up working. Yeah. You know what the you know what the line was that made it work? What do you think the line was that made it work? And he's like, you can kick me in the balls That's if exactly I'm wrong. It. <laughs> yeah. He's like, look, you're here. It's late. You've got nowhere else to go. And let me tell you this. If this chicken isn't the best chicken you've ever had in your entire life, you can kick me straight in the balls. She goes straight in the balls. (laughs) He's like, oh, yeah. Dude, I love Henry Winkler so much. I don't know about you. I grew up watching Nick at Night. Okay. I did not. Oh, man. The Fonz on Happy Days. Yeah, I didn't watch many Happy Days. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I know who the Fonz is, right? Like, I'm familiar with the character. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I've, I've loved Happy Days. Yeah. And then starting, like, in the 90s. Henry Winkler kind of decided he's just going to be like a comedy actor. He's done like a bunch of Adam Sandler movies Mm -hmm. and he's always so good. Yeah. And always so funny. And he looks fucking great. The dude looks like he hasn't aged in 20 years. I feel Like like he looks like an older guy still. Yeah. But he doesn't ever age more than he has already aged. Yeah. Like, I don't think that he looks like the Fonz anymore. I think he's very clearly aged past that but I, I feel like it was a snap you know like there's the Fonz now he's Henry now, Winkler now he's the coach in the water boy exactly and he has looked yeah. the same <laughs> since that movie yeah it's that's I feel the same way yeah dude I love him so much he's so funny such a great actor yeah like always <clears throat> so so as the show goes on uh obviously she's looking into the murder and freaking Noho Hank brings a lipstick cam to the murder and like catches the recording because they ended up leaving the vehicle. So the camera was on the dash of the vehicle that the sniper was in. And the cops, was she FBI? No, she was not FBI. No, she was just a detective. Yeah, she was just a detective. But so they get the video footage and so they see Barry, but the video footage is garbage. So they can't tell that it's Barry. Yep. It's nighttime. It's far away. Yeah. Looks like Bigfoot, pretty much. Yeah. In fact, they make reference to that. And so she goes back to the um, to the acting class, passes the picture out to everybody. Barry's in the group, sees the picture, and everybody in the in the play class is like, "We can't tell who this is. This is this. Are we looking at the front of a person or a back of a person?" 
And they're like, is this the best you can do? And one of the actors is like, so I played a character in CSI once. Yeah. <laughs> and in that, we had lines that just said enhance. So could you like enhance this picture? And she just goes, that's not real. <laughs> <laughs> that, once again, I love how much this show picks at like stupid, yeah. vapid actors. Yeah. And then Henry Winkler. Be- because Kusano, because he's trying to get in with the detective, he's like, all right, so you're looking for a guy with no discernible features. <laughs> Dude, this show is written so good. Uh, yeah. There are some really, really comedic scenes. Yeah. The funny is so funny. And the heartfelt, like, dark stuff hits just as hard, I think. Yeah. Dude, so... What we were just saying, or what I was talking about, is like that first scene where you get to see in the beginning, Barry is this cold-blooded assassin, cool as a cucumber. Mm -hmm. By episode, uh, let's see, episode five, through this process of acting, because the whole thing that uh, Gene, what's his last name? Cousineau. Cousineau. Yeah. through his whole his whole thing is like you need to tap into your real emotions and use that for performance. Mm-hmm. So the problem for Barry is the last twenty years he has locked himself out of his emotions in order to be a killer. Yeah, but now he's struggling with the fact that he's a fucking psycho. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they even have this like scene where essentially. The acting class is talking about it's never okay. To, if you kill somebody, you're a psycho. And he's like, does that make me a psycho? I was in the military. I had to kill people. And obviously, he's not talking about those times. No, right. He probably is a little bit. But he's really talking about what he does for a job. He's like, does it really just make you a psycho? What if you just kill bad people? And they're like, nope, still a psycho. And he kind of freaks out. So he's having this whole battle within himself and he's having flat he's starting to have ptsd from the people he's killed yeah and and especially people he didn't necessarily need to kill yeah and to go with that barry kills people under the mindset of he's killing bad people yeah too so like russian mob members and and i think even at the beginning i did he have a little bit of qualms about killing um, I don't even remember what the actor's name was. The it guy, was Brian or some Brian something, Brian yeah. Holiday or something. Yeah, like, like that. did he have any qualm? I th- I thought that he might have. Yeah, he like, did push back a little bit on yeah, that. Yeah, because like all he did was sleep. That's with... the first thing he says is, "I thought we only killed bad guys." Yeah, and that's when Fuchs is like, "Everybody's done something bad." Yeah, Ascent- essentially. Yeah, but in any case, so during this episode, he's now starting to tap into his emotions and have this battle with like. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. But Fuchs has talked the Chechnyans into raiding this stash house that belongs to the Bolivians. There's like 20 guys in there. And basically they want Barry to go in and be fucking John Wick. (laughs) And take out a whole group. So he ends up enlisting the help of, well, not enlisting, but one of his old Marine buddies has some other Marine buddies. And the one guy ends up figuring it out. Yeah. Taylor. 
And Taylor is a true psycho. Dude, Taylor is the worst person in this entire show. Dude, he's so like, and so, but in any case, him and Barry, and Barry doesn't even want him on the job, but he's like, well, he knows, so he's going to come. He stumbled so into it, basically. They're, they're getting ready to go raid this place. And Barry's like, okay, here's the walkthrough I want. I want us to have superior firepower. And he's kind of going through the steps, and Taylor is just like, yep, sounds like a party. And Barry's like, <laughs> Not a party, and we're most likely gonna die. <laughs> yeah, because Barry's not excited about going into the stash house uh, at all. And then t- after he says that, he goes, "It's not a party. We're probably gonna die." And then <laughs> they get in there, and this Taylor guy just for some reason yells, "Leroy Jenkins!" <laughs> and just goes on a killing spree. Yeah, like because they go in kind of stealth at first, uh-huh. and they're just. And it's a dark fucking scene. There are these guys just going about their business mm-hmm. and they're just fucking lighting them up with assault rifles. Right. But then they hear the footsteps of all these other guys coming. Remember how cool as a cucumber berry was in episode one. That's now true. there's all these people coming. He passes out. He starts like having weird flashes in his brain and he can't handle it. He straight passes out. I thought he got hit. I thought somebody knocked him out. Oh, was that? I think so. But in any case, like, he's just not the same Barry. Yeah. And he goes down and he wakes up to Taylor being like, I got you, bro. I killed you. See this guy right here? He was going to get you. I killed him for you, bro. (laughs) See this guy over here? I killed him too. He's genuinely excited about all the people he just killed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He, um, and it's interesting. I really like the transition there because now, he is all in on Barry's lifestyle. He's like, I'm ready for the next hit. I'm ready for the next thing. <laughs> yeah, like, and before it happened, he was calling Barry every day like, hey, Barry, it's Taylor. Just wanted to let you know I'm ready to go kill those Bolivians whenever you want to, dude. <laughs> He's just yeah. leaving him message after message. Barry, it's Taylor. So uh, when are we going to go kill those Bolivians, man? All right, dude. Talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, I think, too, something that really helps with Barry's kind of character development in the first season is his friend that he finds on Facebook, because he doesn't even have a Facebook account. He kind of gets, um, he kind of starts seeing um, Sally a little bit, and she helps him make a Facebook account, and then he finds his friend on Facebook that he hasn't seen in forever. And now his friend is married with kids. And they catch up. Did you notice that when they caught up, like when they actually sat, like, were talking to each other, fuck was said every other sentence uh-huh. or every other word? Yeah. Then he's like, I'm a fucking dad now, dude. I got fucking kids. And Barry's like, fucking kids. Yeah, yeah. He changes his, yeah, you know, his personality when he's around this guy. Yeah. So they end up getting the Chechenians want Barry to take out this boss because they say if you take out the stash house yeah because they took out the stash house to essentially bait the boss of the bolivians to come to america and then once he's in america barry assassinates him that's the plan that's the plan yeah and barry's like i'm gonna do this with a sniper rifle very far away very covert and uh taylor's like no we just we just go in and fucking kill him he balls to the wall. We yeah, just, he says, we're going to bum rush him. Yeah, we're going to bum rush him. And he's like, mm, nope, we shouldn't bum, bum rush him because then we'll die. And he goes, we we don't even have the manpower to bum rush them. It's it's just it's just the two of us. 
And so Taylor goes and he recruits his old war buddy, Barry's old war buddy, and then another Marine, ex-Marine that they uh, that they met. When we were talking over the week, I was like, how far do you think you're going to get? And you said, oh, well, I'll probably finish episode six. And I was like, okay. And, and then I, I watched episode six. And it ends with them in the car charging the boss <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as he's landing the plane. And they just get lit up. And that's how the episode ends. Yeah. Yep, yeah. I, and then I told you after I watched episode six, I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to finish the season because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you, I mean, you've got that. I, I can't not watch more of this. Yeah. Yeah, so... um. So in that, Barry's war buddy ends up having to kill one of the Bolivians. Yeah, because Barry and him get away. Yeah, yeah, initially. So they, and then his, dude, what did you think about the situation with his war buddy? Like, his war buddy now is married with kids. Dude, that scene is so good. Yeah. Because he's just in a car with his friend, and his friend's like, dude, I had to fucking kill somebody today. This is not okay. This is not all right. Like, my wife knows something's wrong. What's going on? They're just sitting in a car. He's like, dude, just relax. He was a bad guy. He was going to kill me. You had to. He's essentially doing what Fuchs does to him. Yeah, and he's, he's, I mean, Barry's like, look, nobody's going to know anything unless we say something. Like, that's the only way that anybody's going to find out about this. And then his buddy goes, you know what, dude? I don't care. I'm going to come clean. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if I go to jail. I don't feel right about this. I can't live with this. Yeah. And Barry just goes, why did you have to say that? Yeah. Barry almost loses his shit there. Yeah. Because then he screams it to him. He's like, why did you have to say that? Because now now Barry's of the mindset of like, well, he's going to go yeah. tell the cops. Yeah. As soon as he said that, he signed his death warrant yeah and then and he realizes exactly what barry means when he says why'd you say that because then he's like he's like look man i'm not like look dude i'm not going to the cops i'll be cool i'll keep my mouth shut and he's trying to backpedal yeah that's why that scene is so good because you have this guy who's like i don't feel good about what happened i'm gonna confess sure and barry says i wish you wouldn't have said that yeah because at that point, there's nothing else he can say. As soon as those words came out of his mouth, yeah, what was going to happen was going to happen. So, and then he has to backpedal to try to like talk his way out of it. Like, dude, like I'm not going to the cops. I, that was just, I'm just freaked out. And he's backpedaling, backpedaling, trying. He just keeps trying to talk. Yeah, and you can tell that Barry doesn't want to kill him. Like, no, hunt, of he does not. not want to kill him. And even so. He gives another line where he says, I told you to get out of the car, dude. Like, I told you to get out of the car, which he did when they were on their way to the Bolivians. Mm-hmm. Uh, his buddy's in the back seat with him. And he's like, what What the fuck are you doing here? Because he knows he's got a kid. He's got a wife. Like, this is not a situation for you to be in. And the guy's like, I'm cool, man. I'm not tough. Yeah, because that Taylor guy just told him, we're just going to go scare some guys. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, I told you to get out of the car. And... I'm pretty sure that that's the last line that you see. And then it goes back, you know, like the camera is now just looking at the car. From the outside, and you just see the gunshot go off. Yeah, and then you see Barry get out. Yeah. Like, that. that is an intense scene, 
<clears throat> that's one of those scenes where it hits it's really intense and real in those moments and i think that that's something very very cool that this show does it jumps between drama and comedy really really well so it starts off heavy comedy mm -hmm. and as it goes on it gets darker and darker because the last couple episodes there's not a lot of comedy yeah not so, really so the way it kind of balances it's almost like a scale and like the middle of the season is the middle of the scale yeah where it's kind of balancing that whole because the first couple episodes are very funny yeah. they're very lighthearted and like yeah he's a killer but it's fun he's killing bad guys mm -hmm. and then by the end of the season he's shooting his best friend a former marine with a wife and a child mm -hmm. who saved his life had that guy not come barry would have just been dead yeah yeah that's that's very true like that's i think that's also part of why he's so fucked up about that on top of he didn't want to kill his friend. Yeah. Because Barry is not Dexter. Right. He said there are a lot of similarities, but Barry had spent years disconnecting from him, mm -hmm. disconnecting himself from it, but he still has the capacity feel, to feel those emotions, whereas, like, Dexter just didn't, really. Yeah, right? and— and at this point, Barry has kind of decided that he wants to be done being a hitman. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't want to be killing people the whole season. He's like, <laughs> every everything he's doing is trying to not kill people, and he just has to kill more. Yeah. In fact, there's there are multiple instances where he goes, I'm done with this shit, Fuchs. Because um, he does, he multiple times through the season, he tries to tell Fuchs that he's done. And he goes, starting now. Yeah. And, and that line of him saying he's done starting now is probably said four times Yeah, in, in the series. I got that episode's easily got to be one of the best of the season. Yeah. Um, For that, that scene alone. I mean, it's so good. And then right after that, he goes to this performance. They're doing Macbeth. Mm -hmm. And he has one line in Macbeth and he's been screwing it up. <laughs> and and Gene and Sally are like, if you can't do this one thing, what are you even doing here? Quit messing everything up. And so his line is about to come up, and Sally has a man or like a talent scout there to watch their performance. Yeah. And before you know, he gets back from just killing his best friend, probably like his only friend. It yeah. seems like. And she's like, Barry, please just don't fuck this up for me just this one time do this one thing for me because mm -hmm. she's mad at him at this point and while he's waiting for his line he's just getting flashes of his friend and his friend's kid and the wife and he's just it's really a full-on ptsd mm -hmm. situation going on and so he comes out and delivers the line and he's genuinely crying because the line is my lord the queen is dead yeah. And he's genuinely crying. And then Sally sees him crying and like she takes it in and like feeds off it and has a really great performance. Yeah. Cause she thinks that he's acting 100%. And he does give the line very, very well. But every time that he's acting, quote unquote, really well in this show, he's actually just going through some type of trauma. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like his actual talent skills or like his talent as an actor is not very good. Like, no. He, he's not a good actor. It's just people keep seeing him do these really traumatic lines because he's got PTSD. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my gosh, he's so good. It's when so he, incredible how yeah. he draws off his pain. Yeah. 
Yeah. So so he gives that performance, yeah, so. and she just rolls with it, and, and everybody loves it. Yeah. They're like, this is the, th- this is the best. Like he's the hero, and meanwhile everybody's celebrating and happy, and he's dealing with like this insane trauma. Mm-hmm. It such a such a wonderful episode it's just this really beautiful juxtaposition of happy people and what's going on with him and there know, there's a real funny know, part in that he feels horrible he kills his friend mm-hmm. but now he's the hero to the girl he likes and to yeah and to this acting coach who he desperately wants to impress yeah and it's true because she does she she's mad at him because he gets a little clingy earlier in the season yeah and as soon as he helps her with her acting, she immediately 180s and is like, thank you, gives him a kiss. Yeah. Uh, sends real mixed signals to Barry. Yeah. She sucks. <laughs> Dude, she sucks. Poor Barry. Poor Barry. But there's a hysterical scene, I think, with Cousineau and Barry right after the play where he, Barry, is just grieving over what he's just done in a room and Kusuno comes up to him and he goes, Barry, wherever you got that, you you went to a dark place. I know you had to go to a dark place. And then Barry's not even listening to him. And he just starts screaming because he's just killed his best friend. Yeah. And Kusuno goes, and I see you're still there and working through it. And I'm going to leave you be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then Barry like picks up a chair and just throws it across the room. And then Kusano just, okay, we'll talk later. And he like leaves. Yeah. Yeah. And she, Sally gives him the line of, this was incredible, Barry. Whatever you had to do to get into that mindset, that's your new process. Don't stop doing that. Yeah. Where he's like, I, I just killed I just killed like, a person. Yeah, I just killed and, a person. And this is somebody who he 100% can't justify as a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. So, Because, I mean, because he's killed people he didn't want to before. And people where he's like, was that person? Where he's questioned, like, was that really a bad person? Mm-hmm. There is no question that his friend was not a bad person. Yeah, his friend was a good guy. Also, yeah, this guy was a Marine. Somebody who he even said it himself never saw action. Yeah. This guy had never killed somebody before. Yeah. Do we talk about the end? I want to talk about the end. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to talk about anything before we get to the end? No, no. I think we're right on track. Okay. Basically, everything that's going on with the Bolivians and the Chechnyans gets pinned on uh, Taylor and the the actor that he kills at the beginning of the show. Um, So it all gets kind of swept under the rug. And then you have an episode where it's not the whole episode, but part of the episode is months later. Barry is now dating Sally and they have gone to a, like a lake house with Cousineau who is now fully dating, uh, detective Moss. Yeah. Detective Moss. And they sit down, they're having dinner and detective Moss. Oh man, she's clever. Yeah. Well, and cause she always felt like there was something else to, to those murders. Yeah. She always felt like something wasn't right and didn't add up. Mm-hmm. But I love that scene where we're they're sitting down and Gene is like, you know, Barry, the first night he came to me, 
he did this whole improvised monologue about how he used to be in the military and then he left the military and got a job as a hitman killing people. Yeah. And you wouldn't believe it. And Bill Hader's face during that scene is so good because he's like, uh-huh. And like his eyes are darting over to the detective. Yeah. And she puts it together. Yep. Yeah. So then she she looks up his uh she looks up his his stage name, Barry Block. Not uh, Barry. Was it Barry Berkman? Yeah, was Barry Berkman. Yeah. So because she had looked into him, mm-hmm. but she was looking for Barry Berkman, and they're like, "Who doesn't have a Facebook page?" Yeah. So she looks into his Facebook that night and finds his buddy who died, who he had to kill, and then his buddy is in pictures with Taylor, who they pinned a lot of the stuff on. Yeah. So she puts two and two together and then looks at that video footage from the first episode and goes, holy shit, that's Barry. Yep. And then, of course, right is because they're in a lake. They're at like this lake house in the middle of the woods. Mm-hmm. And she had to kind of like sneak out in the middle of the night. And as soon as she starts putting it together, Barry walks up behind her. Yeah. And I think that this is probably the most genuine Barry is through the whole thing. Because, dude, once again, real Dexter vibes. This is Dexter and Dokes. I could okay. I yeah. mean, it's basically the exact same situation. I could. It see resolves that. itself quicker though. Yeah, yeah, it does. Because he's just like, well, as soon as as soon as he shows up, she basically turns around and just pulls the gun on him, and he just confesses basically everything. He's like, "Look, I, I had a guy. He manipulated me to do some really bad things. I thought that I was doing right things, but I'm not that guy anymore. I'm not in that mindset." He's like, if you could just walk away from this and let it be, all of our lives would be better. All of our lives would be better. And her, to her fault, says, you know, I can't do that. She leads him basically at gunpoint to go back to the cabin. And Barry, I guess, I'm not sure why, but Barry had strung up a pistol, like a silenced pistol, to a tree. He knew it was going to go that way. Yeah. I, th- I think he had a feeling it was going to go that way. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. So you think that he was like, I know that it's going to go this way. I'm going to put this here. Yeah. That way, if it doesn't go this way. That was my assumption. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Because then, then he doesn't have a weapon on him. He doesn't show up threateningly, but Barry kind of knows. Yeah. I could see that. So he, he brings it with him and stashes it there. So anyway, he basically walks past the tree that he stashed the gun in. And then it it's a really cool scene where it jumps back to the bedroom that he and Sally are staying in. She, yeah. You see her sleeping. And then you just hear the pops, a couple of pops, and lights flashing through the window. And, I mean, you kind of know. Like, obviously, they're not going to kill the main character off at the first end of the first season. Right. But they still leave you with that moment of like... Well, what happened? Yeah, exactly what happened. And then it's just him. He comes in in the morning, takes a shower, lays down next to Sally and just goes, starting now. Yeah, and that's how it ends. That's such such a great ending. Yeah. Yeah. I really like this show. Dude, yeah, of course. It's great. Yeah. After I recommended it to you, I watched the whole season again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can do it pretty quick. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's... It's what, four hours long? Four hours altogether. Yeah. yeah, you could do it in a weekend easy. For sure. Uh, I did it in one day. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Like, yeah, I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. I went to bed late that night. Yeah. Because I was just like, I gotta see what happens next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So we just went through the whole first season. You should still see the first season. There's a lot of stuff that we didn't cover. We just kind of covered like the big overarching story. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff with Fuchs and uh, Hank yeah. and Goron that yeah. we didn't cover that are very funny, as well as some of the other weird Chechnyans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's another funny scene where fuchs ends up getting uh tortured by the chechnians and noho hank tries to warn barry about the fact that uh the chechnians might be coming after him and he's outside on the phone he goes fuchs and then you hear a buzzsaw in the like from the background <laughs> yeah. and fuchs or noho hank just like kind of turns he squints his eyes he goes you might not be seeing Fuchs anymore. And then he continues with his conversation. <laughs> and meanwhile, the sound of the saw you hear going, cause it's like this weird psycho Chechenian whose brother got killed. Yeah. And so they brought him over from Chechnya to torture Fuchs. And you hear the, like the buzz saw going, you're like, Oh shit, what's going on in there? Yeah. And then it turns out he was building stocks, like a stockade. <laughs> yeah. And Goron comes in and he's like, what, what is this? You make stock? Yeah. And he, he's like, well, yes, because it's very embarrassing. He goes in stock and then I torture him. Yeah. And he has to watch me make this, which is also torture. And I can't bring one of these on the plane with me. So I've got to make it. And you said I could do my thing. so funny he's like and this is my thing i want my thing to be stocks yeah overall you liked it though thor oh yeah it's great uh we are definitely gonna be watching the rest of it i'm pretty sure new episodes are coming out now they just finished the last season so it's it's the final season too i saw that it was a fourth season and that new episodes were on yeah it's the final season i haven't watched the final season yet I've, i've seen the first three i've been waiting to watch the Hell whole thing. yeah. I love a complete story. Yeah. And I don't like... Once again, I love Dexter. Mm-hmm. It could have been three seasons shorter. Yeah. I think the season that Rita died could have been the last the season. The Trinity. Yeah. yeah. That well, and maybe did one or two after that. Maybe one more where they still could have gotten through all the stuff they got through. Yeah. You um, know what ruins TV shows? Kids. Having a baby ruins tv shows <laughs> you can't watch cool shit anymore or well, you have a much smaller window well, to watch not, cool shit i'm not talking about me having a baby i'm talking about when they have a baby in a show oh okay ruins the show all right because then dexter's got a kid because now they've got to be like well how can we have dexter kill all these people if he's got to watch a baby yeah and so they've got to write these really stupid things as to like how he can just leave his kid unattended yes all yeah. the fucking time and they did the same thing with uh the walking dead Right? Like, What's-Her-Nuts had a baby, and for the first two seasons, she was pregnant, and then she, like, had a kid, and now they've got to deal with a baby in the middle of a zombie apocalypse? Uh, Shut up. I, well, no, I kind of like that. I didn't. I think it was Because that, that, that's kind of what that show was about. That show's not really about zombies. No, it's, yeah, the human interactions, but, but it just, mm, you know what else? I'm going off on a tangent now. Yeah, go for it. Okay, all right. Tell me how much you hate children, Michael. I okay. So let me. Did I tell you about The Sims Three? Have I told you about this? Yeah, about when you tried to burn a baby to death. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not putting any context into that. <laughs> you guys can figure it out. Let me just. I will put a little bit of context. 
it was a it was a virtual baby in a video game that's all the context that's all you get all right all i'm saying is that sims 3 taught me a couple of valuable life lessons one life does become a lot less adventurous and a lot less fun once you have a kid two Two, babies are flame retardant yep 100 (laughs) percent there there you go life lesson Uh, all right so with that being said thor it's ratings time okay so i want you to give me a rating out of one to ten bullets in an envelope that's a reference from the show we didn't talk about it (laughs) not not just in an envelope but ups essentially it it was different letters oh it it was was dhl dhl yeah i don't know what that means it's just another ups okay just yeah so bullets in a dhl envelope yep delivered right before right before they get murdered right before a friend of yours gets murdered um i mean actually no i it's gonna be a 10 out of 10 yeah it's Dude, gotta it's be it's fucking pr- it's everything i love yeah it's, it's everything such a good i love show. it's it's dexter but funny <sighs> and it makes me so happy and oh yeah no it's so good i'm so happy and that you, you like know what's show. funny is kendra had started watching because when i was like mike recommended barry she was like oh I had started watching that and I stopped because I thought you might like it. Oh, yeah. So she had watched like she didn't even finish the first episode and she was like, Thor like this. And then we just forgot all about it. Sure. Yeah. Did she watch it with you then? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, we're fully hooked. (laughs) I've seen the first episode of the second season now. Mm. I didn't I didn't watch too much. I was like, we had other stuff to do as well, but I was like. We were eating dinner. I was like, okay, we'll knock out an episode, but we have to stop. Yeah. I didn't want to mix up like seasons sure. when we were talking about it. There is, there's a seat, an episode. I'm pretty sure it's in season two with a, a little girl. When you see the episode, you'll know what episode I'm talking about. Okay. When you see that episode, I want to know your thoughts. All right. <laughs> because it's probably my favorite episode of season. I'm pretty sure it's season two. Those of you who have who have listened, or I'm sorry, watched the show, and you've seen season two, you know what I'm talking about. <sighs> cool. <clears throat> so, ten out of ten bullets in a DHL envelope. That's that's pretty high praise. Uh, Barry's a great show. If you have not seen it, you should see it. It's so good, so well written. It's so well produced. It zips through. There's not. There's never any parts where you're like. Ugh, it's dragging or anything like that. Um, it's funny when it needs to be. It's really heartfelt and impactful when it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And it toes the line between the two of them real well. Yeah. I mean, I I think the cast, every every single person in the cast is great. Yeah. It's a it's a lot of uh character actors. Small I would say the biggest actors are probably Bill Hader and uh Henry Winkler. Yeah. And they obviously are incredible, but even the rest of the cast, they're not super well-known actors, but all their performances are great. They're funny. The guy who plays Hank is absolutely fucking hilarious. It's so stupid. His character is so stupid. It shouldn't be funny. <laughs> like you, sh- yeah. like I watch it and I want to be like, God, it's so hacky and over the top and dumb, but it's, I can't help but love him. Yeah. Yeah. He's very likable. <laughs> Uh, so good so there you go have it folks um if you are in bolivia and you're listening to this let us know all right are you guys actually the shortest nation in the world statistically i'm not buying it 
Um, and what about Chechnya? If you're in Chechnya too, I want to know all about it. Give us your thoughts. Um, I mean, if you're in the States too, clearly I want to hear from you too. But um, yeah, dude, I just, I just want to hear, I just want to hear from, from the group, from the, the listening audience. Um, speaking of. Oh yeah, somebody, we have a recommendation from a listener. We do. Um, so Carrie, thank you so much for reaching out. Um, Carrie reached out uh, with a message and she has a recommendation for us. So the band is called, it's a band, it's a music recommendation. And the band is called Split Lip Rayfield. Um, and the best, and she says, the best way I can describe them is metal grass. They're bluegrass with a hard edge. I love that. Well, I'll tell you what, Carrie, you've piqued our interest. 100%. <laughs> uh, so a lot of times um, with music recommendations, it's tough to get like a full episode out of them. So what we're going to do is kind of do a bit of a split episode next week. Yeah. Um, so we're going to spend the first uh, the first portion of the episode going over Split Lip Rayfield. Mm-hmm. And we're going to dive into it. We're going to listen to it, give you our thoughts. They've got a bunch of stuff on Spotify. If, if you guys want to take a listen, um, that's where we're going to be listening. Yep. And also, uh, the guy who uh, writes the music, you can follow on TikTok at Wayne Gottstein. That's Wayne, G-O-T-T-S-T-I-N-E 2.0. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I haven't listened to any of it yet. Yeah, no, we decided we were going to wait till after this one, and then we're going to start deep diving and listening to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we're going to get into that next week. And Thor, what else? So it might end up being a long episode next week oh, because okay. we are, we're going to do Carrie's recommendation. We're going to make sure to give her the full... As much as we need to talk about that. Yeah. And really dive in on that. But I got one that we're probably going to have a lot to talk about as well. Oh, good. It's a show. It's a movie that I've wanted to be on this podcast since the beginning. And I have been unable to find a place to stream it. Mm. Thor, anytime you say something like that. Turns out you can stream it on Vimeo. Okay. (laughs) It is a independent film called Gummo. G-U-M-M-O. Gummo. Okay. The basic premise of this film is it takes place in a small town in Ohio that was ravaged by a tornado in the 1970s. Now, the film is from the late 90s. Okay. And it follows these two teenagers who are essentially... They're just bad kids. But these two just... Teenagers just going around getting into hijinks. Okay. Um, their main, I guess, entertainment, their their main thing they're doing most of the time is huffing model glue. <laughs> okay. And I'm not sure. It's been a while since I've looked into this movie, but okay. I, I believe all the, not all, but the majority of the actors in the film are not professional actors. Okay. <laughs> o- okay. All right. Um, I know Chloe Savini's in it, um, and I think she had stuff to do with like the actual production as well. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, let me let me look up just a little bit more on this real quick. Yeah. Um, Between Clockwork Orange 
Holy Mountain. God, Holy Mountain. Okay, I think you might like this more, more? than Holy Mountain. Okay. Maybe less than Clockwork Orange. Oh, Or okay. maybe about the same. Okay. I'm not... You might enjoy it. I don't... All right. I don't think you will, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, the film... The film is Gummo. It's from director... It was written and directed by uh, Harmony Corinne. It's weird. All right. Um, cool. Not in the way Holy Mountain was weird. Okay. And not in the way Clockwork Orange was weird. Okay. Uh, it's it's definitely an independent film. It's kind of like it's exactly an independent film. <laughs> it's kind of like when I think of independent films, it's what I it's okay. what I think of. It's it's kind of a weird narrative, and it's yeah. told in an. It's told in an interesting way. Okay. All right. So, Gummo is what we are going to be getting into. Makes me think of Gumby. I'm guessing it's nowhere close. Um, Correct. And we're going to be getting into that next week. Sounds like it's available on Vimeo. So, why don't you guys go ahead and take a watch? Because just based on how Thor's given this to me, Oh man, I'm skeptical. If you want, we can drink and watch it together. Uh, it's one of those; it'll be fun to watch together. Uh, maybe that might be the way to go. Okay. Um, so that's what we're getting into next week, folks. Gummo, it's a movie with amateurs, and we're going to talk about it. And I'm sure that we're going to have a lot to say. And I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> I am really looking forward to it. So, <laughs> with that, um, until next week folks as always you get wrecked out there stay wrecked yeah and and thor i think that from now on in this episode or in this show we should be serious like 100 percent serious okay so, so let's do let's be serious starting now, now.